Papa loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Look at him sway. Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And where? Books. Mama loves mambo. Yep. Mama loves mambo. I. Tom, can you tell I'm talking weird this week? <laughs> no, why? I got this like canker sore in my mouth. Uh huh. But it's also in a place where like my tooth is just digging into it mm, constantly. Yeah. So anytime I eat or drink or talk, it hurts. And I've been eating and drinking and talking all day, like a real hero. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, we salute your bravery. Thank Tim, you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for. Well, it's more than you're doing. Going, I'm doing the. I'm doing the exact same things, except yeah, without mild discomfort. Tim, you don't know what kind of pain I'm dealing with every day, day in, day out. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I would buy that you're in a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of constant pain. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm. I'm trying to stay healthy right now, Tim. With uh, with this virus going around. Yeah. The best defense is a good immune system. Yeah. That's what I always say. <laughs> you go running ever? No. I've been trying to run a lot more. Tom, yeah. guess what? Just in case we all have to run at some point. I dropped eight pounds since the last uh, time I weighed, weighed myself. When was the last time you weighed yourself? Probably about like six months ago. <laughs> well, that's still something. I and mean, I you, could have, really... you could have gained eight pounds. Yeah, and I haven't been on like a diet. I've right. just been trying to eat a little, a little smarter, smarter yeah. and exercise a little bit more. So, hey, I'll take it. Well, I mean, we're we're about to hit the the age limit where like doing that stops making any kind of a difference. <laughs> exactly, so you yeah. might as well get it in now. Yeah, I was surprised to see that I didn't gain weight. Yeah, uh, I was watching uh, uh, some uh, Naked and Afraid when I was uh, on vacation. You just want to see a butt every once in a while. It's weird. I don't understand when they can and can't show butts because sometimes they show butts and sometimes it's blurred. And I'm afraid when it's blurred, it's because there's poop on. Yeah, that's butt. exactly why. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, I forget how I know that, but like, <laughs> it was a situation where, like, I think I like talked to somebody who worked on the show. Like, you work <laughs> on that I, show? Uh... Do they blur out the butts because there's poop on there? They're like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, should, you know what? No, thank God they do. No, show the harsh reality. Show me some poop on a butt. No, then I'd be too afraid to watch. Yeah. I mean, what it... They're naked and afraid. I'm neither <laughs> naked or afraid. <laughs> right. Horny. What? That's what I'm, I'm watching to uh, to get all horned up. Now, I don't think I've ever even like seen somebody on there that looks like they are like very attractive naked. You know? Yeah. So Naked and Afraid is a show. Is this the one... Because there's another one. No, that's not. Are they in teams? It's usually two people. They apparently now have other versions where it'll be one person or it'll be a bunch of people. They drop them naked in the the forest. Yeah, usually the rainforest. Yeah, and they just have to survive. But they're very they're afraid of what's happening. Right. They have to survive. Usually, it's 21 days. And they're only allowed to bring three things with them, none of which are close. <laughs> Maybe they, no, I guess they, they probably can't be like, oh, for my trip, I would like underwear, pants, and a shirt. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't get very far. Yeah. And actually, if you could do that, if you could pick clothes, I think a lot of people would say, oh, I want a pair of shoes because yeah. that seems like uh, a big problem a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget why I brought this up. Because there's poop on butts. No, it was before then. Shit. 
Is it because I'm being brave and not afraid because I'm playing through a mouth injury? Mm, no, I don't think it was that. My either. mouth is my instrument, Tom. It's true. I forget why. Oh, well. Be like if Carl Yastrzemski went up to bat with a broken bat. Right. That's you? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. So you're saying, like, you're not going to do a good job at all? No. Um, <laughs> if somebody went up to bat with a broken bat with half a bat, they're going to miss. No, but and still hit one out. <laughs> I don't think that's possible, physically possible. What do you mean? There's not enough. Yes. No, I'm not saying a broken bat. My, my mouth didn't fall off. Half my okay. mouth is Well, gone. in what way is the bat broken? Uh, it's just not as structurally sound. So it's going to it's gonna splinter once you hit it? Yeah. Okay, why don't you get another bat? Ask the bat boy. Bring me a new bat. Yeah, I only have one mouth. Yaz only had one bat. <laughs> okay. Who's Yaz? Carl Yaz mean bleep? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, she had a lot of drug problems. Really? Oh, yeah. She she looks completely different nowadays. Oh. Gained a lot of weight. It went through a lot, it looks like. Sounds uh, not Oh, fun. that's what it was. It was about the weight. Okay. That uh, whenever they do this naked and afraid thing, uh, we were all watching it as a family, as a perverted family. <laughs> when I was, I've in only Key watched West. that uh, with with family, right? Well. It's yeah. just like on cable all the time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister in law pointed out, and after she did, I was like, "Oh yeah, that is true." So there are like twenty one days if you know if both of the people make it. Usually, it's a man and a woman. Uh, the man, it's always like after 21 days in the, in, you know, uh, in the rainforest, he lost, uh, 43 pounds and they show a before and after. And then with the women, it's always like after 21 days, she lost two pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And like the guys just always look like, oh yeah, they just lost a ton of fat and now they look ripped, not like emaciated. And the women just don't be naked and afraid. uh, You know, it's a lot harder for women to lose weight. Yasmin Unfair. Mm-hmm. was born June 14th, 1968. Okay. It's crazy. That's not that crazy. I thought she was like 30 years old. <laughs> no, Tim, you're not 30 years old. <laughs> you thought Yasmin Bleeth was younger than you? Yeah, I assumed. God, she was very pretty on that show. What show? On Baywatch, you idiot. I never idiot. saw Baywatch. You never saw, you saw Baywatch. No. It was on before Hercules. Yeah, I didn't watch those shows. <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't watch syndicated uh, crime Well, of course shows. you watch Xena, Warrior Princess, right? <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, oh, I see. You're more of a Baywatch Nights man. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Look, Pamela Anderson, of course, was a huge babe, especially in those Pamela days. Pamela Hamderson? <laughs> what does that mean? It was from uh, the Muppets or something. Tim, she just got a divorce. Did she? Yeah, I think it was her fourth marriage. It was to a guy who was like way older than her. Uh, and uh, things didn't work out. Mm. But uh, Spamela Hamder- Hamderson <laughs> is a buxom pig. <laughs> First seen on Muppets Tonight. Okay. Uh, Pamela Anderson was a babe, of course. She was the babe from Babe like Watch. I don't like that. Yeah, that the, pig's too sexy you've looking. You've never seen a, a Muppet look that sexy. It's huh? not Miss Piggy. It's another pig. Yeah, it's Spamela Hamderson, Tom. Yeah. 
That's a hot pig. Yeah. Um, but Yasmin Bleeth on that show, even though she was also a babe, compared to Pamela Anderson, she was the girl next door because she was a brunette and not a blonde. So I had a bigger crush on Yasmin Bleeth. You were like, she doesn't even know that she's pretty. <laughs> she has no idea. She's wearing that extremely skimpy <laughs> bathing suit. Uh, and she doesn't even realize. Tim, this week I read part four, the final chapter of Papa John's final chapter. But is it? Uh, of <laughs> Papa, the story of Papa John's by John H. Snatter. Yeah, the sweaty, wet man. Yeah. do you Can you recall uh, where we left off? He listed a bunch of the... He pretended that he was like a team player and like, these are the people that helped me get to head where I... Head coach. He's yeah. a head coach. And yeah. he has a, a bunch of other head coaches that work for him. Yeah. So he killed a lot of... Uh, he, he, you know, knocked out a lot of pages just by putting pictures of these other guys. Yeah, and just weird random pages. Um, uh, weird random pictures, rather. Uh, I forget if I, I don't think I mentioned this last week, but when he stepped down from being uh, CEO, I think he was just chairman. The reason why he stepped down was to make the franchisees happy. They had like revolted against him. Really? Yeah. He didn't mention that in the book? He did mention it. Oh, okay. But it was kind of like, it was very much a like, I had to do this. Like, and I realized, yeah, everybody was stupid except me, but I realized like, fine, I'll step down, you know, if that makes people happy. And what he didn't say is like, I'll step down because what I'm really going to do is not step down and keep running (laughs) the company. Um, So he was the CEO and not the chairman anymore? He was not the CEO. He was just the chairman of the board. Got it. and as far ah, as like old blue eyes, right? Uh, like old sweaty face. <laughs> um, and I believe he might still be on the board of directors. Really? Because he owns 30, per- unless he sold part of it, he left owning 30% of the company. So that still entitles him to a board seat. Um, so he talked about I have I have some follow up because after this I I read an article all about uh, the downfall that basically like picks up right where this book leaves oh, off. Nice. Uh, yeah, it seems like as soon as this book went to press, his whole life <laughs> fell apart. I think that's basically what happened. Uh, let me let me just pull up who wrote this article because I want to give credit. It's Forbes, Tim, and the name of the writer is Forbes.com. Do they not have a credited writer here? Let me see. Uh, Oh, Noah Kirsch. It it was not in my pocket version. Uh, But anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, This chapter was all about the opposite of a head coach, which is kingship. Which is... Kingship. Him being the, the main guy. Well, not him, Tim. He's a head coach. But people that are the opposite of him, the smartest businessman, think that they're kings. Uh They follow a kingship model instead of a head coach model. Right. Does he name names? Kind of. Uh, He basically says that he learned what this was after he uh, uh, stepped down and watched what happened. 
Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, and he said that the kingship model, it, it, it's people that are fundamentally narcissistic. And he said that without irony, as a man who named a, a restaurant after himself and put himself in every commercial, Yeah, that these people are narcissistic. It's like, nah, I think these people just want to get rich. And like, you were, you are rich. And I don't know. I mean, like I said in previous chapters, he was so mad about anybody else that got rich. It's like, oh, they became a millionaire. Now they just care about their boat and their car. It's like. Yeah. Well, I now mean, they just care about enjoying their lives. Exactly. It's like, well, your whole thing is like, we got to head down. We got to. And like a lot of these people, it's like, yeah, they were head down for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're reaping a little bit of the reward. And you're furious about it. Meanwhile, you If I been... became just a little rich, <laughs> I would I would be like, okay, how can I immediately never work a day in my <laughs> right. life? And I will eat ramen for, you know, for every meal. I mean, that's the craziest thing, Tim. You can get, like, if either of us came into, like, $10 million, just putting that in, like, a regular savings account, we'd be set. Yeah. We'd just live off the interest, yeah. let alone investing it in things. Right. That's why we're not rich. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, he, he There's a diagram in here that I... I thought was very Scientology-esque. It was a battery and it was called levels of personal functioning <laughs> and had like negative and positive. This chapter what? was this chapter was like a lot of hooey, to be honest with you. Uh where it was like, all right, I understand you don't like the executive team that came in after you stepped down. So he really wasn't running things. Like he did step down, a new executive team came in. Um did and, did he mention any NDAs that uh, women had to sign? That's for later, Tim. Okay, okay. Um, so it's basically him just like nitpicking them, but not giving a super clear like. So their problem was that they were pompous and they didn't respect you. That's basically <laughs> the opposite of your model. Um, and then he says like that their problem was that they um. They didn't view Papa John's as a family. They didn't respect the employees and they wanted to milk every last ounce out of the employees. And I'm thinking this guy was bragging about creating a system that sent people home when it wasn't busy and then immediately called them back when it was. But you're mad that other people you're claiming other people are trying to squeeze every ounce out of people. Um, although he did go on to some things where I was like, ah, he's got some points here. Uh-oh. Is this the N-word stuff? <laughs> no, it's not the N-word stuff, Tim. How dare you? No, it no, was... No, I mean, his point with <laughs> no. that was that Colonel Sanders said the N-word and, and, and came back from it. Yeah. So why can't he? <laughs> right. I mean, the ironic thing was like, that that PR company was basically like, right, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> Please don't say the N-word on a conference call because that sets us back. Um, and now we're just going to have to leave because we're like, oh, this guy's... <laughs> we're trying to help him from this minor PR fiasco. And now he's bringing all this stuff up. And it's like, oh, this, yeah, all right, forget it. Let's cut our losses. Um no, because he talks about, and I did see this at the startup I worked at, we're basically Apple like- Apple computer? No, not Apple. Uh, 
when new like management comes in, whereas like so our our first CEO, uh, he did a lot of things wrong, but I really liked him. And it was still like, yeah, he's personable and everything. Um, the new CEO that came in, the corporate person, they immediately uh, like kept everything a secret. Like no, no more information got out. And that's what Papa said was happening here. And basically they didn't care to like interact with the, the rest of the company, this new executive team, but they made sure the people like right under them were taken care of. And that's the same thing that happened at my company where it was like, oh, everybody in like the vice level got like big raises and everything like they were kept happy. Yeah. Uh, and it made me think like, oh, I guess this is like a common thing that happens. Well, that's a failure of those people who were kept happy. Yeah. Well, right? that's what Papa talks about. He's like, yeah, these people are made happy. And they're like, oh, you know, basically saying like the, these are people that are like, uh, actually, I have a I have a question about this. Like, it is uh, yeah, this, doing this will raise this number and we'll look better on paper, but we'll be losing money here. And it's like, how would you like a bonus? <laughs> like, I would like a bonus. Question retracted. Right. A lot of that kind of stuff. Um, he talks about uh, it's just business, baby. Well, that's what the papa needs to understand. Well, speaking of business, Timmy talks about his friend Charles Koch and some advice that he got from him about it. Really? Yeah. Even the uh, my friend Charles Koch might say that these companies pursued bad profit. Yeah. So basically, the the criticism, and he, and it sounds like he is right here, is that they were looking. So you're f- you're in agreement <laughs> with Papa John and the Koch brothers on this. Go on. Is that they were looking for short term gains? Right. Um, yeah, of course. That's what all know. new executive teams are doing. Yeah. Well, and especially if they're brought in because there are problems. No, that's yeah, and that's, they're like, well, let's get some quick wins, and I'm going to be out of here in a year. But now I'm going to like leave in a year based on, oh, I turned this company around, but not really. <laughs> yeah, that's late capitalism in a nutshell, man. Yeah. Next quarter is all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. And th- th- I'll tell you who doesn't like that. Papa John and Charles Koch. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think their they're methods, their means and methods to uh, ensuring that doesn't happen uh, aren't always sound. <laughs> right. Uh, he said... Uh, I'm quoting him now. Uh, Even the best head coaches can fall into it. I've spent years trying to figure out why this is. My attempts to find the answer eventually led me to the study of the human brain. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't care about brain science at all. Yeah, well, Papa does, and he decided to study it for himself. Yeah, I'm sure he had a robust understanding about how the human brain works. No, basically he was just talking about like uh, the reptilian brain, the reptile brain, where you know people do things because they're scared. Yeah, and that's what he claimed these people were doing. It's say using their neocortex like humans. Um, he said he talked to everyone, like he would still talk to everybody in the building, and like the new executive team never talked to anyone. Uh, although I found out later that like <laughs> that team, 
accused him of like spying. <laughs> I think he was like talking to everybody. He was like, hey, you know, like I would still I would still ask the janitor how his kids were doing. And it's like, and I think also you were like, hey, can you start <laughs> emptying the garbage from the CEO's office into my office so I can into read? the dumpster out back. Yeah. He loves going into the dumpster out back. Exactly. He's not above it. Um, and that the corporation became too big, uh, that they hired too many people to work in corporate, uh, which, you know, also sounds like just bad management. Uh, he talks about how, um, uh, information with kingship. What does that mean? Um, Oh, they would uh, hide, manipulate, or only provide parts of information. They had a 170-page document that was a rewrite of uh, the franchisee agreement. Oh, no. And uh, you know, it was presented to the board, and they needed the board sign off by the end of day. And he's like, what? No, not end of day. Like, this takes weeks, maybe even a month to get through all this. And they're like, nah, end of day. All right, fine. We'll give you the weekend. It's 170 pages? Yeah. Cripes. So he spent the entire weekend rewriting the like entire agreement. Um, and he said basically the problem, and, and I, I agree with him here. It sounds like this was a real bad thing, that I guess they were having losses in one area, and the way they were going to fix that was Papa said he had made a handshake deal with all the franchisees. It sounds like actually it was a contractual, might have been in the original contract, but that, so the franchisees have to buy the ingredients from PJ Foods, which is Papa John's Foods, uh, to ensure, you know, that's how franchises work. You have to buy the ingredients from the company. Right. Uh, but he promised them, I'm on, there's only going to be a 3% profit on the ingredients after taxes. Like we're, we're not trying to make a profit off the ingredients. Essentially we're trying to make a profit off of, you know, everything else. Um, this new agreement would raise that to 8%. Wow. And he was like, almost three times as much. Yeah. And he's like, that's not going to go over well. And this is also like buried in a 170 page thing that these people were promised by me like two decades ago that that's not going to change. Um. Uh, and the franchisee agreements. Is this like private equity that came in? Who did this? No, it's just uh the CEO came from ah uh, I forget like another similar type business though. Like it kind of made sense on paper. Um, the franchise agreements are valid for twenty years. So he was like, yeah, we need more than a weekend for a twenty year agreement. Um, and the franchise agreements, this is kind of interesting. I was like, oh, write a chapter about the franchise agreements. This yeah. is what I want to hear about. Part of the agreements are the phone numbers that people, that the stores can use. I guess like corporate, I guess if somebody's like, yeah, our number is 666. They're like, hey, no, no devil. Right. I, I don't know. Um, the territorial, territorial rights, which makes sense. Like, oh, okay. If I'm buying a franchise license, I want to be assured you're not going to sell one to somebody open up next to me. Right. The marketing budget they have to contribute to the national marketing campaign and the quality standards. So they have to kick in to have this bozo make commercials <laughs> for them. I mean, that's a franchise fee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Given to the end of day, uh, Oh, this was, yeah, so 
he basically said like there's there were a lot of concessions in it that didn't make sense that were there just to make the franchises happy with the 8% cut that basically, or the 8% fee that basically was like a balance sheet thing of like, all right, we're going to make all these compromises to them and they're going to read and be like, Oh yeah. All right. I'm going to make more money in the long haul. I'll agree to pay more for the ingredients and better that, ingredients, better pizza is what they're thinking. No, they're no, they're like it's going to be the same ingredients. Yeah, but better probably because it's five percent more. But, but, and I'm going to have to pay more for them. But I'm going to have to pay like significantly less for these other things. Right. And basically, this just so a spreadsheet looks better for this new executive team. They don't give a shit about the long term. They just need to fix this one number that's negative yeah, in the next but quarter. If, if- if they're offsetting that increase mm-hmm. with cuts to other fees that the pr- franchise has had to pay, that's not necessarily shady dealing. No, it's not. But Papa John's thing was uh, that they were giving away too much in exchange for that. That sounds like they basically wanted like a quick deal, like where the franchises would look at and be like, oh, all right, yeah, I'll sign a new deal under these agreements so that there just like wouldn't be a delay. That yeah. they could start reporting new numbers that quarter. Um, yeah, so ultimately, Papa John's thing was that they weren't screwing the franchisees enough. <laughs> and he's gussying it up in this, like, oh, it's not going to make sense on the balance sheet. But really, he's like, nah, I mean, you can raise that 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 3% to something, but like, don't give them a break on this other stuff. Uh, no, Look, he I assume the worst of Papa yeah. John. And Tom, <laughs> God damn it, I remember a time when you would do the same. No, he what was, happened to you, he man? was adamant, like, don't raise this 3% fee. That's important. Like, that's what these people were promised. Don't care. Don't raise it. And basically the new executive team was like, we get that. So we're going to offer like three times as many concessions as we normally would so that these people sign it. And that next quarter looks good, but in the future, but yeah, why wouldn't that's it look gonna good wind up beyond the next quarter because the the losses were the in like the Papa John's food division or whatever, so it was like, oh well, this will raise that, and it will lower our profits somewhere else, maybe in franchise fees, yeah, that's life, man, that's just different man he was he I w- like these guys, I like the cut of their chip. <laughs> He was fine with it, but he was basically like, there's a huge rush to do this. Let's pump the brakes and like actually figure this, figure out a good deal for everyone rather than give away the farm. Just so, mostly for me. Just so they agree to now, the. Excuse me. I'm all wet. <laughs> he doesn't need to be excused when he's all wet. He's fine. They, oh, look they, at me. I got all wet. They probably frequently are like, uh, do you need to take a break? Should we maybe change our shirts? He's like, no, it's fine. No, we'll all change our no, shirts. Let's, yeah. No, we'll all keep the shirts we have on on. Now let's continue <laughs> the board meeting. Um, so after this, the franchises, it sounds like, basically unionize. <laughs> like they start a franchise association. So this actually, in Papa John's offense, sounds like wildly backfires on this new executive team where it's like, oh, now all the franchises have, u- not unionized, I guess, but they've started an association so that they can 
deal with us as one unit. Fuck, that's the last thing we wanted. We wanted to deal with all these people individually. Uh, there were a bunch of uh, franchises. Uh, I forget where they were. I think maybe California. Uh, yeah, because if they all just all agree to reject it, right? What are they going to do? Shut down all of Papa John's? Locations? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that was mostly like Papa John was like, look, we have like 20 year agreements with these people. Just let that lay where it is. Like, let's not open up this can of worms with everyone because now they're going to all negotiate against yeah. us. Whereas like these were all done separately. They didn't work together. Um, uh, there were a bunch of franchises. Papa John knows a thing or two about union. Testing, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <let> <laughs> uh, they bought the company bought out a bunch of unhappy franchisees, uh, which he claimed like they paid way too much money uh, for these just to like shut these people up uh, and, you know, bought franchise stores, made them into corporate stores, I guess. Uh, but then he talks about how the decisions they made severely damaged Papa John's cheese fund. His cheese fund. So, Tim, there is a cheese fund that Papa John's has this is basically socialism where the price of cheese fluctuates greatly. Papa John's has money set aside to make sure the price doesn't fluctuate for the, uh, the restaurants. So, you know, when cheese prices are there, they're selling at a consistent price. Let's say a dollar a pound. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more than that, but for the sake of argument now, when cheese is going to be more than that, maybe not, maybe not, <laughs> but that volume, but when cheese is at, 80 cents a pound now papa john's is taking that extra 20 cents putting it in the bank in the cheese fund right so then when the cheese goes up to a dollar 20 for papa john's to buy it they're still selling it at a dollar taking that 20 cents from the cheese fund make themselves whole exactly but now tim in 2008 they went into 24 43 million dollars in cheese debt the cheese market crashed yeah the cheese market went crazy cheese got real expensive and the fund. He didn't really go into um, uh, details. 2008. Did it have to do with? The- it did a little yeah. bit, but he didn't really go into details of like, wait, you're saying they damaged the cheese fund? Did they like start selling even lower? I think that is what happened, but he doesn't make it super clear. But he does say their cheese debt was 43 million versus 37 million in earnings. So it sounds like basically he said this was like another appeasement thing where like they lost a ton of money selling cheese at a loss, but then the individual stores, it, you know, had a better profit. Uh, but then he said this is when the pizza started sliding back to eights. No longer Ooh. tens, eights. And then he said this is all. Do you s- think he got his pizza ranking based on the way that he ranks women by looks? <laughs> No, I don't think so, because it sounds like he has harsher standards for women, which I'll get to later. Um, This is also when Papa John started selling candies and chocolates, pizza sauce, which is like barbecue sauce. 
Right. Why are you selling barbecue? I mean, sauce? they put bar. They have some barbecue. They have like a barbecue sauce. chicken, but like I don't know. There you're like, oh, I gotta have that Papa John's barbecue you, sauce. You saying that about its fucking pizza sauce? <laughs> Uh, I mean, not not either, but at least it's like, well, that's well, we really can make, we can make subpar pizza ourselves at home. Well, every Papa John's pizza has pizza sauce on it. Not every Papa John's pizza has barbecue sauce on it. There is a bigger market for the pizza sauce. Yeah, potentially, well. there might be people that really there's going to be more people that really like Papa John's pizza sauce than like its barbecue sauce. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why won't McDonald's just fucking sell their barbecue sauce no that well that and their uh their secret special sauce? sauce yeah i don't know they're sick i made big macs this last weekend i had to mix up all the ingredients myself wow it's disgusting should have just gone I, to the store and bought a big mac i had to make it with impossible meat you should have said uh give me a big mac hold the meat man when you make patties as small as they are <laughs> on a big mac yeah using impossible meat mm-hmm it it's even more it's even better than a whopper because like you really can't tell it's not yeah like, yeah that it's makes just sense so tiny and there's so much other shit on it yeah and you're just like crisping it up kind of it's yeah a, a, a thin slice yeah you're not doing like oh it's gotta be pink in the middle like yeah. no you just make that gray <laughs> yeah <laughs> make it brown gray and then cover it in sauce and pickles and stuff well, I would have liked some of these. I wish you had brought me one. Well, uh huh. He was on. Thank you very much. He was also. They were also selling uh, bottles of the uh, pepperoncinis, the little peppers, peppercinis, peppercinis. Yeah. Which, I, when this was brought up, I was like, "Yeah, he never got into that. Like, why they include that with the pizza? Like, yeah. where that came from? Yeah, uh, yeah, right." He talks later, he mentions, like, we put a pepperoncini and a garlic sauce in there as, like, a surprise, as an extra bonus surprise for the for the buyer. I'm like, well, not really, though. Everybody knows. It's yeah, not like when you it, buy a WAP, when a you nice... buy a, uh, a Big Mac, you're like, oh, another bun in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little... I mean, it's 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 not part of the pizza, right? right. It's, it's a nice little thing that's be like, oh, and it comes with this extra thing. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily a surprise. No. Maybe it was in the early days. Yeah, but um, I think uh, unless you're a real fucking moron, you <laughs> caught on real quick. Yeah, uh, they also uh, were doing a pizza and movie deal, which he was like, so that required our stores to stock DVDs for some <laughs> stupid reason. Uh, and he said he was able to uh, stop them from uh, they wanted to sell a CD of greatest hits from Papa John's commercials in the store. <laughs> he was like, that was the only one I was like able to stop. And he's like, of course, none of these things worked. And, you know, all these things were discontinued. Yeah. But it did make me think about if you look at Papa John's nowadays, now that he's gone, they've got a whole bunch of dumb bullshit again. Yeah. Um, but they started making wings before he left, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't be the official pizza place of uh, NFL. Right, if you're not wings. selling wings. Yeah. Um, um, and he also it? brought up that he's like, only 30% of our business is done in store. The rest is delivery. Why are we selling stuff at the counter? Yeah. Have you seen these new papadillas they have? Yeah. Ugh, terrible. They look all right. I'd like to try him. Uh, 2007, they tried to get rid of him again. <laughs> uh, they phased him out of marketing 
and then uh, claim that they own the image rights of him. <laughs> nice. So that like that prevented him from like saying anything bad about the new management or whatever. Uh, then he talks about how like things came to a head one day because he got a phone call from his uh, wife who was hysterical crying because uh, she had taken their son to the doctor or whatever. And uh, they were, she was informed that their health insurance was invalid. They kicked Papa John off the, off Yikes. the company health insurance. Uh, and what was the other thing? They like, moved. well, now he knows how 80% of his workers <laughs> feel. Exactly. I was like, wow. And that didn't give you any, <laughs> like, and also why was your wife hysterical crying? You're millionaires. Yeah. Just pay it in cash. It's yeah. fine. It sounded it like it was routine. like a, it was a pediatrician wellness yeah. check. Um, it's going to cost you at most $300 out of pocket. Yeah. Um, so he, he finally got back as CEO. He weaseled his way back in. He fired everybody on the executive team. He made a new deal with the franchisees, a 2.8%, um, fee on the, uh, ingredients until they were made whole. And by 2015, that still hadn't happened. And they just cut checks. He was like, that's how much money like, uh, these people were costs. Um, and then he decided to start the Papa's in the House ad campaign. Sounds cool. Because he had learned that uh, in the 90s, people didn't think he was real. They thought he was an actor because he was so good looking. He didn't say that, but I think that was the undertone. That like they thought He's I was so an shiny <laughs> that I thought he was some sort of uh, animatronic. No, back in the old commercials, he wasn't shiny yet. Yeah. They They did a good, either he wasn't as sweaty yet or they did a good job like, powdering him yeah um yeah i could see him getting too big for powder being like no i don't like the powder yeah i look good the way i am yeah. uh so that was the papa's in the house that's like when they uh uh really went hard uh and so then the book uh wraps up that, the, <laughs> that papa john's is in a better place than ever in 2016 and like only has the future ahead of it and then he also says that vote trump if you uh uh, have a head coach story, you can email it to him at headcoach at papajohns.com and it might make an appearance in his next book. <laughs> his next book. <laughs> um, what was the Papa's in the House campaign? It was just, I remember the commercials where it's just like, Papa's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what did that signify? I think how it, would that make people know I that think he's a it real was, person and not an actor? I don't know. They had a still from a commercial, which was just him doing that stupid, like getting ready to throw a football pose where people think they look really cool. Like go long. Yeah. He's just doing that. Um, well, and he was in the house. I think those commercials were like people getting Papa John's delivered. And they was like, Papa's in the house when, you know, the, the delivery came. Uh, I don't think Papa was in any of these people's houses necessarily. Uh, all right. So then I read uh, the story, the inside story of Papa John's toxic culture. Like I said, uh, from Forbes is from 20, July 19th, 2018 by Noah Kirsch, a Forbes staff writer. Uh, which was uh, very interesting and uh, uh, took a lot from this book. Actually, I quoted a lot from the book, but kind of gave another side because, you know, they, they talked to other people. Why so, didn't you talk to other people? 
<laughs> I didn't have time. You're right, though. You I just talked to me about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What about you? Uh, and it starts off talking about um, uh, his uh, 2003, uh, he had an NDA. Uh, disclosure agreement. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Um, oh, yeah. No. So since roughly 2013, corporate employees at Papa John's have had to sign non-disclosure agreements, barring them from discussing Schnatter's personal life. Uh, other confidentiality and non-disparagement contracts and mandatory arbitration agreements further discourage people people from speaking out. So when hold on. I have one more line. So when Schnatter wrote his memoir, Papa, the story of Papa John's pizza, no one could openly dispute it. Now the first story is being told for the first time. The whole story for the first time. Here's what I'm saying. I I hate to be uh, Papa's advocate here. (laughs) But if they're telling him that he, they... He is essentially their mascot, so they own his likeness, right? And he can't say anything disparaging about the company because they can essentially tell him what to say or what not to say. Mm-hmm. I think an effective countermeasure would be all right, but employees have to sign a thing saying that they can't say anything about me. Right, that's not part of this public. Well, persona. but this was. Five years before that, yeah, I yeah, understand. yeah. So they told him that when yeah. he wasn't in power, yeah. and then once he came in power, he's like, first things first, nobody can say anything bad about me from now on." Right. He also, so you know, he, in the book, he talks about being so humble and not like you know, uh, no, bl- that's true. That's not an act. <laughs> not blowing money and stuff. He and you know they hired too many people. No, he made a huge headquarters and like. In fairness, in the book, he says, like, I want to make this nice because, like, I want people to be happy to come to work and stuff. What he left out was part of the things that made it nice were that he commissioned a fresco of himself (laughs) in the uh, ceiling. A what? A fresco, like a painting or a a tile. I think frescoes maybe tile work. Yeah, maybe. uh, Of himself, you know, much like uh, Michelangelo's uh, man and God. Yeah. Uh, but That's Papa cool. and pizza. Um, and that also... Is there a picture of it? No. I mean, maybe there is somewhere online. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. I'm, they probably took it down by now. Yeah. Um, and that also his office was made entirely of black marble and had a fireplace in it. Yeah. No. So everybody would enjoy coming to work. <laughs> yeah. But that just sounds like so aggressively masculine, too. Like, my office is going to be all black, so everybody knows how tough I am. I'm a man. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, that's probably going to be, like, annoying to work (laughs) in an all-black room all the time. Um, uh, So one one of the uh, uh, confidential agreements that he made with an employee was, uh, or no, this wasn't an employee. This was a phone salesperson at a phone store. Phone sex operator. No, a phone salesperson. At like a Radio Shack? Somebody tried I to think so, it? or like a Sprint store or something, it sounds like. Uh, and she accused him of groping and stalking her. And that she he also asked her, I guess, like, you know, she was, you know, presumably was like, please fuck off. Please leave me alone. So he called her boss and said, you should send her to my office because I want to discuss a big contract for Papa John. But she's the one that I'll 
negotiate with. Just a an employee at one of the Yeah, stores. like I, I don't think her name is uh, disclosed, so it was a little light on details. Yeah. But that was the impression I got that it's like, oh, this was just like a random, you know, part-time salesperson yeah. at a store or something that he, you know, uh, uh, had a crush on and decided like, well, I'll start stalking her. Um, cool. Uh, in, cool. In this, they, they have a different they're retelling of uh, the franchise agreement thing, which was basically that like he torpedoed the agreement in the 11th hour um, and, you know, uh, worked against everybody else to convince the, uh, the Yeah, but you the agree with him and the Koch brothers on that front, right? That was the right thing to do. He also, uh, he had a bunch of burner phones, which, so. Of course, he's a philanderer. (laughs) So, uh, uh, well, I'm glad he brought up his philanthropy, Tim. Um, He, the weird thing about this article is like they called him for, you know, uh, uh, confirmation. Yeah. And he. And he didn't say just a blanket no comment. He, like, did comment on some of the things. So in this uh, case, yeah. he's like, oh, I, I did have burner phones, but that was for corporate security. It's like, what? Cor- people are trying to steal the secret ingredients? Why Why on earth would you need burner phones as the CEO of Papa John's? Pizza business. Um, uh, there was another. So this guy that. Hey, why don't you concentrate less on. Uh... Burner phones and more on not burning the pizza that you're delivering to me. Well, he was still focused on that too, Tim. He wanted all tens. Um, Perfect tens. <laughs> this guy, he hired O'Hearn, uh, who was in, I believe, he was one of the the head, the head coaches. coaches or. One of the teams, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he left after being investigated for mistreating employees. Uh, and then when they talked to him, uh, uh, they, uh, sorry, I got a, a news alert. That's crazy. Uh, uh, Trump's suspending travel from Europe for 30 days. No. Oh. Cool. Anyway, um, I should turn off all my notifications. I should be focused a hundred percent on Papa John. Um, and now you're getting your phone out to look at the news. Right. Right. <laughs> I am. Um, so O'Hearn left the company. Uh, he was being investigated for mistreating employees. They called him and he was like, yeah, uh, that's true. And they were like, what were the investigations about? He's like, oh, I don't remember. It's like, you don't, rem- you left because they were investigating you and you don't remember what that was about. Um, but then he came back later and essentially was Papa John's henchman. Ooh. So Shakespearean. Yeah. Papa John um, sounds like he did the opposite of what he said in the book, which was he just built up a team of yes men around him that uh, like followed. Of course he did. I think. Was it this guy? Oh, no. It's a different guy. Uh, there was a 24 year old marketing person that went to the final four with him and then uh, wound up suing him for. uh you know, misconduct that isn't gone into detail because that person signed a, you know, non-disclosure agreement and got, you know, some kind of compensation uh, and claims and uh, people this reporter talked to who have worked there and currently work there were like, oh, that, yeah, those are the two everybody knows about. There are more. Wow. Um, 
which makes sense. Uh, this one woman said that he asked her her bra size if she had slept with her old boss and insisted on giving her hugs every time he walked by her oh, in the hallway. A great man. Um, he told another, there was a guy, uh, oh, uh, a co-CEO. He had a co-CEO for a minute. Um, was that in the book? Yeah. I forget how he explained how it did though. that guy screw him or whatever? He didn't screw him, but he yeah. would, uh, bring a woman who was not his wife to many events <laughs> and like employees were like, yeah, everything was like fucked up. Like this guy would like, you know, Papa John's like rented out a, a box for the Super Bowl and like all the executives were there and like the CEO just shows up with a woman who's not his wife. <laughs> and then it said later, uh, uh, you know, Papa John confirmed that uh, that was his mistress, <laughs> the man's mistress. It's like, Papa John, don't confirm. Just say like, oh, I don't know. No comment. Just like, don't comment on this whole article. Yeah, but, but instead he's like, oh, yeah, that was the guy's mistress that he would bring to events. Yeah, you're right. Um, the guy who uh, was brought in to be president, Steve Ritchie, that's the guy that was uh, uh, started as he was the one that tried to start a pizza business as a senior in high school mm -hmm. and then worked for customer service. They said uh, in a local magazine, uh, the guy was listed, you know, like a Kentucky magazine. He was listed as like a, in a, one of those 40 under 40 lists. And they asked him who his uh, idol was. And he said it was John Schnatter, <laughs> which is like, come on, man. Uh, Papa John had a helicopter. I don't know why, but he had like a corporate helicopter. Yeah. Because he liked that stupid shit. He loves all that stuff. Exactly. But that's the not what he said. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's full of shit, and he harasses and maybe worse to women. He stalks women, and yeah. like he's a bad man. And it sucks that like we know all this like stuff about him. He's still just like a rich guy who just complains constantly <laughs> about his lot in life. Yeah, it's like he can't even just fuck off and be richer than any of us can imagine. Right. Of course not, because you don't get that rich without uh, a part of your brain being broken. You don't need, but he doesn't need to make any more money to. I know, to but maintain his uh, disgustingly ostentatious lifestyle. But that's, but you don't get to that point unless you have a problem where n it's never enough, right? Because otherwise, like. I mean, that was, you know, the early investors when they had like 50 stores and they were like, no, this is great. Let's start making profit. And he was like, no. Yeah. Like you're you're not going to take any money yet. And it's like, well, why not? This is a great business we've built <laughs> and this is fine. Yeah. We don't need to have 5000 stores. And he's like, no, we need 5000 stores. I often say like, uh, yeah, it takes solace in the fact that these people are never happy. Mm -hmm. but I don't. You know the fact that uh, Papa John isn't happy, yeah, doesn't doesn't make me happy. I want him to like, and doesn't stop him from making badly. other people miserable. Yeah, um, they also said in in contrast to the book uh, that uh, all the technology at Papa John's is woefully behind. I'm sure, <laughs> but yeah, there's like, no way there's a, they're a technological fucking. Marvel. Well, because he said that like he was very tech adverse, but then they got this great POS system in, but. Uh, 
you know, it should have rang an alarm bell for me that he's like, it's so good. We've been using it for 15 years where it's like, oh, the, a lot of stuff's yeah. changed in 15 years. You didn't upgrade it. You don't have a 2.0 of the system. But the final thing, the thing that blew me away from this article that I did not hear about, I did not know about, and which is insane, was that the day after he stepped down um, from the company after, you know, the, the fiasco, well, like he stepped down from CEO after he said the NFL was screwing him. Again, he talks about like, oh, everything... Nobody takes personal responsibility yeah. and like our pizzas are what we, but then he's like, oh, Colin Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem and that's why our pizza sales are down, <laughs> which is a hundred percent not true. Right. Um, so he like stepped down and then it was on the conference call. He said the N word that leaked out and then he was gone. Um, the day after that, he walked into the headquarters to the private office that he rents inside the Papa John's headquarters where he works out of. Just to this day? I believe to this day. I don't think anything's changed because they said like... What, what work is he doing? Well, apparently it sounds like maybe it was like a tax thing or something that at some point... Is that also he made has, of marble? Because, I think that is his marble uh, office because he has like so many... You know, he has his fingers and a lot of other pies, not right. just pizza. Um that I guess at some point it was like, well, you can't be like, you know, uh, working on all this other stuff and have like the company paying for your, your office and everything and your staff. He had, you know, a small staff and so that staff worked for him, not for Papa John's, you know, his personal assistants or whatever that he'd be like, oh, call up, you know, that sandwich chain that i invested in and schedule a meeting or it's like well that's not papa john's business that's papa john's business right. <laughs> it's john schnatter's business so basically th that had happened years ago uh that was like all right well he has a private staff and they need office space and he needs office space so that's just going to be part of the headquarters that he rents out <laughs> and it sounds like he still goes to work there every day <laughs> which is insane don't count him out. He's going to find a way back into that company. He's yeah. done it before and he'll do it again. A real inspiring tale. Yeah, but I'm, I'd am i never heard that because they said like, yeah, people at the company were like, oh, what the fuck? Like, hey, John, like as he's walking into the office, like, didn't you Say get fired from the company for saying the N word? And now you're just you're here. Nothing's changed. And you're just like, hi, good morning, everybody. All right. It sounds like a great place to work. Yeah. Great man, Papa John. Yeah. Now, Tim, next week, you're going to be watching a two-hour interview with Papa John. Am I, though? <laughs> yeah, you have to. I read a whole fucking book written by Papa John, which, honestly, by the end of it, I was like, I don't think a ghostwriter did write this because it's bad. Like, the last two chapters were just nonsense. It was just like corporate talk of just like yet you came around and began to sympathize with him i didn't sympathize he look he had some points where it's like papa john could be a bad person and this new executive team could also be bad yeah like those those things aren't mutually exclusive 
All right. I'll watch this fucking thing. I'm going to watch it. Maybe I won't watch it. It is pretty long. <laughs> I'd like to watch it. Send me the link. I've already sent I'll send it again. Yeah. I, Tom, I get sent a lot of links. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I guess my ultimate review for this book, this book sucked. This is such a bad book. Yeah. Like, there this... were interesting things in it. Uh, it was interesting to get, like, I feel like I do have like a very full picture of him, like his personality and his psyche and how he thinks. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if that's a bad, a good thing. It's definitely not a useful thing. (laughs) I'm never going to be in a situation where I think, what would Papa John do in this situation? Tom, Mm -hmm. I think we should raffle off the collection of books that we've read yeah, you say for, this all the time, and I'm like, charity. cool. All right, do but it. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. I think this book is going to be the crown jewel <laughs> because it's so fucking hard to find. Yeah. So I think Collectible. this, you know, it was four weeks of hell for you to go through this. It's going to mm-hmm. be one week of hell for me to watch two this hours two hours. Two hours but in the end, think of the kids that will help when we raffle this up for charity. <laughs> when when we donate ten dollars <laughs> from this book, no, it'll be a raffle. Oh, okay, so people are gonna Tim, you're not gonna do it. People are gonna have to buy tickets to get into the raffle. Not to, yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, what Tim's explaining is not gonna happen. Please don't. <laughs> take this as any kind of truth and get excited about this. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing that anybody would get excited about, Tom. <laughs> well, I get to buy raffle tickets to get this book Tom just said was the worst book he's ever read. <laughs> that, that I've been paying to, to listen to them talk right. about. Yeah, let me find a way to give them more money. <laughs> it's not us. It's for the kids, Tom. Right. It's, it's for, uh, you know, the kids' charity. All right, I'm going to go watch this two-hour bullshit. All right, Uh, we'll be back next week for the stunning conclusion of Papa. Goodbye.